Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings and happy almost Thanksgiving if you live in the U.S. I'm, I'm way late if you're in Canada, I know. You have, you have yours in October. Hey, a, another reminder that I will be starting a new round of Land Your Dream Job Accelerator coming in January. I put the link to get more information, which also takes you to a, a payment link in the show notes. And as a reminder, that is a four-week small group session, maximum of six or eight people, where we are going to prepare you for the job search, not looking at job boards or not focused on job boards, I should say, but looking at a targeted, proactive job search strategy, addressing questions around networking and all of the things, right? So it's a really great way to get yourself going for that critical interview time at the beginning of the year. Typically, my episodes around interviewing are the most downloaded. When I look at my data, you guys love my interviewing podcast. And I've done more than 25. And I wanted to remind you that if you want to see all of them together, you can go to my website, exclusivecareercoaching.com, click on the podcast tab, and you'll see tiles on that page for interviewing, resume writing, career management, career decision making, LinkedIn, all the things, right? So you can go on there and see all of the interviewing podcasts together with the topic. Today, we're going to cover interviewing etiquette, what to do and what not to do. And this is covering a a range of things, many of which I have talked about in depth in other episodes. And so I've put the link to those episodes in the show notes if you want to do more of a deep dive. I want to start with some basic do's, and I'm going to go over these fairly quickly so we can spend some time on about three points that I think are more important than I'm going to give you some depth. Don't. And these, again, are ones that I've talked about on previous episodes. Another note, I'm not going to be talking about how to answer behavioral questions or, you know, difficult questions like tell me about yourself and what's your greatest weakness. I've covered those in other episodes as well. So here we go in, in some basic do's that I'm going to go through pretty quickly. Number one, dress appropriately. I just covered this in 291. So I want to simply say to wear professional attire that is in alignment with the corporate culture, right? And and what that means for Amazon is very different than what that means for, I don't know, Ernst & Young uh, accounting firm. So again, the link is in the show notes if you want to get a deep dive into professional attire in kind of our post-COVID world. Number two, bring your documents. Right. So bring extra copies of your resume, print them off on some nice paper. I don't know if resume paper still exists out in the universe, but if it does, print it on nice resume paper. And then any other documents that the employer may have said, you know, bring along some proof of, I don't know, something or a sample of your work, that kind of thing. 
Number three, research the company. Again, I've talked about this a lot. I teach my clients because one of the questions I get asked the most is what questions should I ask an employer? And my answer is always that should be an organic outcropping of the research that you do. What I don't want you to do is ask an employer questions that A, can either be answered with some research because then you're sort of putting a spotlight on the fact that you didn't do any or questions that are interchangeable and not unique to that company, right? You want to ask questions that show you've done your homework and kind of say, okay, I understand X, Y, and Z about this topic, so tell me more, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself, if you will, credit for the research that I did, and then I'm asking a very intelligent question that sort of jumps off of the research and, and what I was able to learn about that topic. So if your questions are interchangeable, then they're probably not as high level as they could be. And there is that opportunity to take them to the next level. And I've got a link in the show notes for how to really prepare for a job interview. So you can check that out. Number four, you want to arrive early, right? So if this is an area, this is assuming it's an in-person interview. Most companies are, are doing that before they make the hiring decision. Get there 10 to 15 minutes early. Now, I have also had candidates get way too early to the site. And that can throw people off because people are, you know, they're getting ready for the interview or they're doing something else. Maybe they have another interview and it can be awkward if you get there super early. So 15 to 20 minutes is good or 10, 10 to 20 minutes. Also, if this is an area that you're not familiar with geographically, um, whether it's your town, but you just don't go to that area or it's a new town, see if you can't go the day before, sometime before to scope it out, time it, look for possible problems. You're going to sleep better the night before if you aren't worried about how to get there. Number five, make a good first impression. I talked about how to do a firm handshake in episode number 296, so the last episode. I put the show note, the link in the show notes there for you. But you want a firm firm handshake, good eye contact, a smile, and clear enunciation of your name to make that good first impression. I can promise you that a little, what's the word I'm looking for? A limp, a weak handshake or lack of eye contact, all of that really sets things off on the wrong, the wrong pen. Number six, display appropriate body language. And I talked about this as well in 296. Whatever your nonverbal communication is, if it is not in agreement with what you are saying, a trained interviewer is going to pay attention to and believe your body language. So make sure those are in concert. You're not slouching. You're not, you know, kind of hung over the edge of the chair, nor are you sitting upright on the edge of the chair perched. Number seven, maintain a positive attitude. Keep that energy level up throughout the interview. Show enthusiasm as the interviewer is talking about the job, the company, whatever it is, showing you things, perhaps taking you on a tour. Show an appropriate amount of enthusiasm within your range. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, right? We all have a range of emotion. We are not a single point on a continuum. And within what is natural for you in terms of enthusiasm, ramp that up a little bit towards the higher end of that. Don't go off and go nuts or what would feel to you to be nuts because that will come across as inauthentic. But within your natural range, especially if you are, some of us can be real excited on the inside and we don't notify our our face and our emotions. So, you know, get those two in alignment. And then finally, I want to talk about 
the three-step closing, closing, which I have talked about on the podcast before. You want to thank the interviewer at the end. You're going to shake hands right again. Thank them. Restate your interest in the position, if appropriate, put a pin in that. And then ask about the next step in the hiring process. And if possible, whatever they say about the next step of the hiring process, you want to then insert yourself and say, hey, would it be okay if I touch base on Friday? You know, it just depends on what they say to you. The restate the interest in the position is sometimes when you're in an interview, it becomes clear to one or both of you that this is not the right opportunity for you. But in many cases, you want to keep that that door open for other opportunities down the road or maybe even at that time. And so you don't want to, you don't want to burn that bridge, right? So I don't want you saying I'm really excited about this position. If it's clear and you've actually articulated the two of you that this is too junior of a position for you, let's say, you might say something like, I want to thank you for the interview. And while it seems like this position is maybe more junior than what is appropriate for me, I really look forward to hearing from you in the near future about a more appropriate position. So something like that, right? Now, you're not going to say that if nothing has been spoken about, if you're just in your head going, this is too junior for me. But what I would do in that situation, if nothing was discussed about, hey, maybe there's a more senior position for you, I would probably just say, thank you so much for the interview. I look forward to hearing from you and kind of leave it at that. All right, so let's dig into three points that I want to spend a little bit more time on. And number one is active listening. So throughout the, I won't talk about how many years I've been doing actual interviews when I was a a boss, and now that I teach clients how to do interviews, one of the biggest frustrations for me is when they clearly didn't listen to the question. And they either go off in a different direction than what I was asking or they don't completely answer the question. It is perfectly okay to either ask for clarification. So you listen to the question, you're like, could you restate that? I've had people ask me that all the time, do not mind doing that at all. And the other thing is to say, before I start, I want to make sure, or you can also do this after you've started the question, I want to make sure I understand your question. So what I'm hearing you ask me is, right? So that's a really good example of, of active listening. When you've already started, one of the things that I noticed when I was interviewing for jobs was I could see on their face if I was, there was something wrong. Like I wasn't doing what I was, either they were giving nonverbals or they looked down. That was frequently, and I find that to be the case with me. When I'm interviewing someone and they go off off track, I look down, right? And I may, whether I'm making a note about it or I'm trying to figure out what they're saying. But it's okay to stop and say, hey, I just want to make sure before I go any further, am I going in the direction you want to go? Now, you're not asking them if you're giving them the right answer because it's your answer. You want to make sure you're going in the right direction with your answer if you're if you're answering what they actually want to know. I also often ask my clients two or even three-part questions. And the reason I do that is I want to see if they can keep up with parts two and three. They're going to get part one every time but they oftentimes just forget about two or three. Now, the way to handle that, you don't have to necessarily remember part two and three, although if you are not in an in-person interview, then you can jot those down. Go ahead, by all means. But it's okay after you answer part one, part A, to say, I know you had other parts to that question. Could you repeat them? And then you go off. 
much better to do that than to just pretend like or completely forget that there were multiple parts to the question. The second one I want to talk about is to follow up within 24 hours. Now, this is something we all we all know to do. I was probably one of the last holdouts of it should be an in-person, you know, a paper thank you. But I that went the way of the dinosaur about, I don't know, 10 years ago. So for most of you, it's going to be an email thank you. Now, I will tell you, you can get creative. So the one of the one of the schools that I interviewed for back in 1999, I'm old, when I was looking to change universities was at the College of New Jersey. And they put me up on campus and it was housing for guests, right? And I brought my thank you notes with me. I actually had some really nice ones. They weren't expensive, but I think they had my name on them or initials or something. And so that evening in the it was actually a dormitory, but I was kind of, I had my own little private interest at the end of a dormitory. I wrote out all of those thank you notes and then put them under the doors of the people that I interviewed with under their office doors that morning before the limousine came to pick me up to take me to the airport. So there's things like that that you can do if you have the opportunity, but in general, it's going to be an email. I wanted to give you a good format. And if you want this to see this, you can look in the show notes. So it might sound something like this, Sally. And of course, if it's, if you were, if you were answering or talking to them as Mr. or Mrs., then you want to, Ms., you want to do that. But I'm saying, Sally, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to interview me for the accounting manager position at ABC. I was so impressed by your history with the company and how you've moved up so quickly. Next paragraph. I am confident my experience at No Name Accounting has prepared me well for the role, especially my unique experience working with, and then you want to insert something that they seemed to home in on during the interview that they were really interested in and excited about. Next paragraph. As promised, I'll touch base with you by Friday of next week to see how the process is coming along. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Best regards, whatever you want to, however you want to salute. So first paragraph, thanking them and saying something positive about your experience uh, in the interview, whether it's with the interviewer, something about the company, give, give some kudos. Second paragraph, remind them of something that they really liked about you. Third paragraph, remind them of the follow-up that you agreed on during the interview. All right. And then the third point I want to bring up is be patient. You want to avoid the temptation to follow up with them earlier than whatever was stated. So if they said, hey, you know, and you said, I'll reach out to you next Friday, then, you know, wait till Friday. But you do want to follow up. I think I most of the people who ask me questions about follow up, they err on the other side where they don't follow up soon enough or often enough or or whatever. I recommend, so let's just say that this might be drawn out a little bit, unfortunately, Depending on the timeline that they've given you and or, you know, what your experience has been with the interview process thus far, I recommend either a weekly check-in or maybe every other week, so basically twice a month, just to touch base. And I think I've talked about, I didn't put a show a link in the show notes, but I think I've talked before about kind of creative ways to follow up. In fact, I'm certain I did a podcast episode on this. So... The general point is, how can you add value as you maintain contact with your person at the company, as opposed to just saying, 
hey, I'm still here. Is there an article you can send them? Is there a, you know, the interview, the person that you're in contact with has had kudos and you saw them in the paper. You want to let them know about a new certification or credential that you've received. So think about ways to kind of mix it up so you're not just asking. The other thing you want to be sure to do in terms of follow-up is let them know if you have been given an offer with another company. And I know I've talked about that in other podcasts as well. You want to give them a chance to buy you, assuming that you still want to be bought by that company. You don't want to give them too much information so that they maybe can figure out what the salary offer is and, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't want to give the company name and I probably don't want to give the exact job title, but I might say something I wanted to let you know that after three interviews with maybe one of your competitors or with a company in the blank, blank industry, I have been, I have received an offer. Before I accept, I wanted to touch base with you and see how the process is going, you know, give them specifics about the job as I am still interested in your organization. So I'm not telling them that I am more interested in them than in the job offer I've received. Just saying, I am also still interested. And they usually will, that will prompt them to do one of two things. They'll either immediately say, wish you luck in the new job, right? Or they will get, they get the rear in gear and they're going to make sure if they want you, they're going to quit dragging their feet or, you know, move faster. So you tend to get a pretty polar response pretty quickly if you do that. And P.S. and by the way, hopefully I don't have to say this, but I will. Don't ever say that, that you've got this other job offer unless you have one. All right. So besides the opposite of the do's that I've already talked about, I want to throw some don'ts out there for you. Number one, do not interview just for practice, guys. This can come back to bite you in the butt, right? You tend, first of all, you know, how much are you going to prepare for an interview that you're not interested in at all? Don't want to work for the company, don't want the job, no interest. How are you going to show up in terms of your energy level and your emotions when you don't want the job? The fallacy with these is that I, I can get practice in, but think about that. All you're doing is practicing what may be some bad habits. You're not going to get any feedback from an employer in all possibility, in all probability about how well you did in the interview or certainly not any specifics about, oh, you should answer this question differently. That's what a coach like me does for you, right? You don't, you're not going to get anything from them. So you're, you're reinforcing bad habits. Secondly, you're wasting the interviewer's time and that's, that's not a good career move. Now, if there is any opportunity at all in your mind to possibly, you know, maybe you're like, this, this job seems a little junior, but I think if I get in there, they're going to be impressed. I think there's potential for a higher level position or something along those lines. I really want to work for that company, although I don't think this is exactly the right job. That's a different situation, but I'm talking about hands down, don't want to work for them, don't waste everybody's time, and you're not going to get the practice that you think you're going to. Number two, off-color language has no place in an interview. So even if the interviewer uses maybe uh, slang or curses, you shouldn't. It could be a test to see what you do when that is you know, coming at you, but at the very least, it's just not going to make a good impression. Not making sufficient eye contact. So my kind of rule of thumb is when you are talking, so you're answering a question, I want you to make eye contact somewhere around 75% of the time. 
you're, you know, you have the opportunity to look away, look up, look down, whatever. When the other person is talking, I want you to make near 100% eye contact. Now make sure you're blinking and, you know, using you smiling, nonverbal gestures and all that. So it doesn't look like you're just staring at them creepily, but you certainly want to have good eye contact. It tends to convey when you do not have it, that you are either not confident or just not interested in the job. The next one is focusing on salary or benefits. And we've all heard this, right? And there is a place for that. It is not in an initial interview. Sometimes employers will ask you about your salary requirements early on. I have a process for this, but it's changed some. So my my old philosophy used to be deflect, 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 be vague, because it's too early to talk about that. And I still think it is too early to talk about that in the in the earlier interview. So like in an initial screening interview, maybe it's over the phone or via Skype or something. To me, that's like calling a car dealership that you don't show up, you just call them. You're like, how much does a car cost? And they're like, well, which car do you want? You're like, I don't care. Just tell me how much a car costs. And that's, it's, it's silly. You wouldn't do that. And they're asking you to tell them how much you're worth when you don't know what they're going to ask you to do yet. And, and nor do you know kind of how well you fit with the job requirements. But having said that, more and more companies are asking that question up front as a way to save everyone time and just kind of, you know, smooth things out. I do like that some, and I, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but I believe some states have implemented, or maybe it's cities, requirements to post salary ranges in their job postings, which is a, a great thing. And hopefully that will become much more widespread. But in the meantime, it may be just that way of like, you know, they're, they're either going to ask it in a, like, we're calling you to schedule the first uh, interview or we're putting it on the application because they don't want to waste everyone's time. So there are those situations where you kind of have to say, you know, um, at least something or in the range of kind of be a little vague. But the main thing is that you're not asking questions about salary, benefits, vacation, retirement plan in that initial interview. Chances are in the initial interview, you're not interviewing with a person who can answer that question for you. Even if it's HR, it's probably an HR recruiter who is not the benefits person, right? At the appropriate time, the company should give you time to speak with the the person who can answer all of those questions as you make that, you know, they want you and, and you're making your final decision. But But in the first interview or maybe even the second interview, that's really too early. Next, do not check your phone. Now, there may be an exception, right? So if your spouse is about to go into labor or... You know, there's some serious illness, you know, some excuse. I can see where you might have to have your phone at the ready. So I don't want to paint this with too broad of a brushstroke. But most things are not going to be an emergency. And most things you can say, hey, I'm going to be doing this between this and this time. So, you know, leave me a text message and I'll get back right away. So have your phone turned off, have it put away especially, you know, folks in their 20s and even 30s, they just, you know, it's like an appendage, right? So don't have it in, you know, close by. Now, don't provide negative personal information. So I want to be real clear about this. I am a huge fan of including some neutral or positive information about yourself. So let's say you're planning to, you're in the process of building a home, 
you just adopted a dog, you're learning a foreign language, you're planning a trip to somewhere, or you just came back from a trip to somewhere. Those are interesting things that round you out and they are neutral or positive. What you don't want to do is include negative information that can't be asked by the employer, but can in all fairness be used against you or be considered if you tell them. So unfortunately, this often includes children, especially for women. I hate that that's the reality we live in, but I think we would be foolish to not acknowledge that. You don't want to bring up health conditions, injuries, dicey personal relationships, those kinds of things in that initial interview. Now, health conditions that require accommodations, I've talked about that elsewhere. That's a different situation. But that shouldn't be brought up in the interview. That should have been brought up if it was necessary for the interview. You would have had that conversation with them prior to the interview. All right. And then next, watch what you say about previous employers or experiences. Now, the blanket statement out there is that you should never say anything negative. And I look at this a little bit differently because sometimes you need to be honest and tell the truth to answer their question about why you're leaving the company. Maybe you were terminated from the company. Maybe, you know, there was a a huge failure on a big project. The important thing in answering these questions is to remain factual. Don't color it with your opinions or with emotions. You want to state the truth as to why you're leaving the company, you know, why you're terminated, all of that, but just stick to the facts. So here's an example. I'm looking to leave XYZ because there have already been three rounds of layoffs. While I've been spared so far, I believe it is time for me to look for my next opportunity. So here's what I didn't do. They have laid off so many people and I, you know, I just think I'm going to be next and like my, they, you know, they fired my best friend, like all this stuff that's not necessary. But the fact that there have been three rounds of layoffs, the fact that the company is in the process of a $50 million cost cutting measure, it's probably in the paper anyway, right? You're not put throwing anybody under the bus. You're not throwing the company under the bus. You're simply stating a fact and that that is why you were looking for a job or that, you know, you could, st- the reverse could be true with the leaving because of layoffs. Well, I was able to survive three rounds of layoffs, but unfortunately I was a rift in the fourth round of layoffs. Uh, I feel very fortunate to have been able to stay as long as I did, you know, that kind of thing. So a bad example would be I'm leaving XYZ because my boss is an idiot and it, I cannot work for her another day. And we don't want to go there. Now, next one is don't bring anybody with you. And this has been one that I have been shocked at over the years, especially when I factor in the age of the of the interviewee and the job, the level of the job that they're applying for. They bring a, I've had a interviewee that she brought a husband with her and she brought him into, so this was the career center. She brought him in and he sat in the lobby. And so as I was giving her a tour, this was very weird. So I wanted to give her a tour of the, of the office. He just stood up and started walking with us. Like, it was very awkward, very uncomfortable. You know, tell them they got to stay in the car. If you have to have a ride, maybe you, you know, you can't drive or don't drive or whatever. Leave them in the car. Tell them to go to coffee shop and you'll text them when it's time to come back and get you. No pets, no children, no security blankets. And what I mean by that is don't bring your wooby 
with you. And or if you bring a whoopee, make sure you don't let that whoopee out of your purse or your pocket. And for goodness sake, don't tell them it's a whoopee. Next, don't mispronounce or misspell names. I get thank you emails all the time from people who spell my name L-I-S-A and people who pronounce my name Lessa instead of Lisa. It's L-E-S-A, Lisa like normal, right? Very easy to, you know, get that right. So ask the appropriate person. Ask maybe the receptionist. Ask the person themselves. Repeat it back to them. Did I get it right? If you need it in writing so that you can see it, ask them for that. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that you have the proper spelling and the proper pronunciation of their name. Next, don't answer questions with a simple yes or no. Even if it could be answered with a simple yes or no, don't do it. Go into detail, give examples, etc. And then my final point here is don't fake it. If you don't know the answer to a question, say so. If your knowledge of a subject is very limited, don't try to go beyond what you know. Let them know, I don't know much about this, but here's what I do know. That's going to come across as much more authentic. So, you know, they'll evaluate you on whether that lack of knowledge is critical to the job or not. That's fair. I'd much rather have you, have them evaluate you on that than to evaluate you on, oh, she was, she is clearly, you know, out of her depth. She didn't know what she was talking about and she was wrong about A, B, and C. So be honest and, and keep your integrity in track, intact. All right. So as far as DIY or DFY, I, we're running long on this episode today because I had so much to cover for you. Clearly, the done for you is to get that coaching help with someone like me. I know I'm a broken record about that. Coaching can be so important. So whether you've been out there and the interviews haven't gone the way you'd like them to, or you just want to be prepared before you start the interview process, I highly recommend an interview coach. And in terms of do-it-yourself, it's the same thing I talked about, I think, last week. It's getting online with some of the AI tools to practice interviewing. Now, that's not going to address some of these etiquette pieces. It will address some of them. So some of these etiquette pieces like, hey, am I dressed appropriately? That would be great to have a coach with. But if not, certainly someone in your world, in your universe, who you trust their opinion, you can ask them, hey, is this the right thing to wear to this interview? So I hope that's been helpful. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.